this week's episode of the Creation Theatre podcast uh, is once again Pinocchio themed, of course, what else could we talk about? Um, but this time I have gathered uh, writer Lizzie Hockley and oh, I've already tripped myself up, uh, arranger and musical director. Arranger sounds sounds like a fixer. Sounds like you just go around making everything happen, uh, Liv, uh, Olivia Mace. So let, I'm, I said I'd let you introduce yourselves. Lizzie, you start. <laughs> Well, that's you quite nicely said, Charlie. I'm Lizzie Hockley, the writer of Pinocchio. I mean, this adaptation. Not that. <laughs> you're not some kind of yeah, sixteenth century. She's been in, she's been embalmed for a long time. Sometimes I feel like that, Charlie. <laughs> it's a Monday. It's a Monday. <laughs> um, uh, okay, uh, and Liv, you go. And I'm Liv, I'm Olivia Mace, I'm the musical director and I'm also writing the musical arrangements for Lizzie's songs. And you both have, in your own words please, um, history previous with creation, don't you, Uh, with various hats on, probably literal hats actually. (laughs) Oh yeah, I've got a long record, (laughs) a long service record. I think it was way back in might have been 2004 I first started work as an actress with creation and then wrote Snow Queen the 2005 version because I know you've had a recent one as well Mm. so as an actress I've I've been in in a handful but also written Snow Queen Tales from Helen's Oxford Passion and Aladdin which was my first play at the North Wall as well so yes quite a um spanning several (laughs) Not quite millennia, are we? Maybe? <laughs> yeah, it could Not be. Right. And my relationship with Liv has, has pretty much started from from then almost. It's been that similar amount of time, hasn't it, Liv? Yes, it has. I um, did uh, my one of my first acting jobs out of drama school was with uh, Creation. And it was a production of Much Ado About Nothing that Lizzie and I were actually in together. Um, and then we just kept sort of crossing paths and uh, in uh, lockdown when I uh, was talking to Lucy about some ideas for a show I said oh I'd want to collaborate I'd want to work with somebody Um, who do you think I could work with and Lucy Askew said what about the unassailable Lizzie (laughs) Hopkins and I said she's far too busy and important to work with me but she wasn't that busy or important (laughs) (laughs) and we did the merry wives of whatsapp together um and have continued doing other projects together ever since because we just enjoy working with one another so it's been a happy happy way of, of finding a a writing partner and i was thrilled to be able to help with the music on this um lizzie's amazing pinocchio script it's so exciting. It's all exciting. Um, so I'm going to probably jump around a bit. But so um, when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, Lizzie, you described what sounds to me a very interesting process where because you're writing the melody. So you have sort of you hum something into your phone is what I'm imagining. Is that what happens? Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly what it is. That's I it. mean, I will take this opportunity recorded on a podcast to apologise to all the musical collaborators I've worked with on creation for how I work. <laughs> Playing the instruments, I can carry a tune, mm-hmm. uh, and I just get these mad things in my head. I I know I can do lyrics. I quite like lyrics, and I know one thing I do know is as I'm writing, I know what function the song is meant to do with the story. So I I I'm very aware of it setting the tone, and it keeping the audience 
just as awake as the play does. It's not like that, you know, suddenly stop for a song and everyone goes, oh, gosh, they started singing. Um, so I know how entertaining a song has to be and I know um, how it can get a lot of story done and travel and expose characters. I can do all of that. But the melody is the thing that um, I, I need the help, help with. So I have some idea of what it is. Um, but I often trip myself up. I mean, as I did with this one, I think I, I wrote a song. I woke up in the middle of the night thinking I'd written the most beautiful, heart-wrenching song for Pinocchio to put in the middle of the play and thought, it sounds a little bit familiar. I might just I might just check those lyrics and realised I'd written Yentl. <laughs> Can you hear me? Lentil. So I've written Lentil. It's not musical. It will be our next project, yeah. Lizzie. I've written Lentil, so it's not quite the same. Yeah. And I'm going to earn a fortune. But yeah, it's that kind of thing that I'll, I'll then hum into my phone and then get, you know, the wondrous live going. Yeah, that totally doesn't work. You've got no. a really different rhythm in your chorus if you do the verse. Well, no, I mean, what... I need someone who is musically minded to kind of shape what I've got and make it actually work mm. in in you know in a functional musical way. Uh, I think Lizzie's doing herself a disservice. She's she's had some like absolutely her lyrics are absolutely fantastic and. Uh, uh, all of her rhythms and ideas, and uh, there's only been a few things where we've then we've just talked about little adjustments that we might make for you know to to solve musical problems really. But like, no, the songs are absolutely brilliant, and there's a variety of styles as well, which is really cool. Um, we've got a little kind of a jazzy number in mm -hmm. there, and we've also got something that's quite operetta like. Mm -hmm. um, which reminded me a bit of Gil Gilbert and Sullivan. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we've got some quite uh, folky music as well. We've got a sea shanty. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of, it's lovely because uh, Pinocchio is a quest. I think it's, I think that's how you described it, Lizzie, and it's a really good way of looking at mm. that story. It's an Odyssey type, quest type story. And he goes on this big adventure through all these different places and, um, it's only right the music should kind of twist and lull and change as his world changes around him. Rather happily, some freaky crows just decided to stand outside my window and cacaw there as I was describing <laughs> all of that like world twisting stuff. I just got a little bird ensemble in the background. But, um, she arranges birds. I arrange birds to underscore <laughs> my points as I'm making them. Um, so, yeah, it's been nice and free. I think, uh, you know, sometimes very musical people, very technically musical people, I'm not one of those people myself, will think, you know, certain rules have to be followed mm. uh, about making music. But creative people who are driven by story and audience and uh, character, they go, well, we need to feel like this now or we need something like that. And that's what's driven the music making in this. And I think that's only a good thing. It sounds like it's sort of, we um, briefly talked on the last episode with um, uh, John, the director, about the kind of epic nature of it, that it's really massive. And actually in the sort of, possibly in the kind of public consciousness, it's it's about a small wooden boy. But actually, when you really dig into the story, it's this huge journey, um, which, yeah, Lizzie, you've had the kind of challenge of putting down in a sensible kind of linear don't know how sensible who wants sensible but 
<laughs> actually making that into something that can be entertaining for two hours and give all the kind of salient plot points and all the interesting characters that get chucked in because it's quite episodic, right? I think yes, you're telling me about it its is. original. And I never really realised why it was so episodic. Um, I, I'd had this original um, Carlo Collodi story in my mind since I was a child. It, it made a massive impression on me, probably because my copy of the book had beautiful illustrations by Charles Folkard, which were real turn-of-the-century um, masterpieces, I thought, and they'd really stuck in my mind. Also because the story's really dark. Mm. I hadn't realised it was written for children as episodic features in an Italian magazine, a little bit like Dickens. So each week there was a new adventure, which is why it feels like this odyssey of a puppet and also why it can be a little repetitive in its didactic, you know, always be good and and Mm. you must go to school. And you kind of think, "Mm, he's he's saying that quite a few times now. Um, (laughs) But it was, I read somewhere that after the Bible, it was the most widely read piece of literature in Italy. Don't know how true that is. You know, might be a Google invention, but I like it. So partly it was revisiting that original material without looking at Disney or anything else and picking out the bits that I felt suited a structure that I know quite well um a a Christmas show and Mm. the bits that aren't too dark that they terrify the younger (laughs) members but also not flatlining the bits that you know are the jeopardy and and the, the moments of discovery so that the older members of the audience are just carried away by something that's a bit naff and childlike. So it was really pulling my favourite bits. So it's my favourite job. Absolutely. One of the best stories I remember from my childhood and cherry picking from it. Beautiful. Yes, yes. I can't wait. It's so exciting. Um, and it's got, because uh, as usual with the, with the creation show, there's going to be a lot of kind of multi-rolling and people wearing many hats and many guises um, throughout. And it is it is a kind of mosaic of characters, right? So you've got Pinocchio as this sort of fixed point and he meets all these people kind of along the way. So you've, you've, we've yeah. got, we've, you're conjuring us some interesting characters. It, I mean, there's no end to the characters you meet in the story and I'm quite used to that challenge. I think I look back at, when I started to feel guilty about the amount of characters I was I was including I look back at my version of Tales from Hands which starred Olivia Mace as well um yeah and still just how many parts those actors played and thought yep they could do it don't care so (laughs) I've got them all in some of them are puppets not all but we will have some puppetry mixing dimensions and sizes and playing with what's real and what's not um but yeah aside from Pinocchio everyone will have a, a good bash at a few different roles but you cannot leave some of them out they're so surreal you've got a double act of the fox and cat which people who know the story might remember very well I, you know I will say if you don't know the story of Pinocchio and only know it from the Disney or not at all doesn't matter doesn't matter at all but there will be some if you do there'll be some wonderful little appearances by one of my favorite characters is a snail who takes (laughs) like a year to answer the door and there's no way I wasn't having her in it so yeah we we are being quite bold with what we include (laughs) I like it because it it seems to me that it's going to fit really well that in the way that's a Christmas show a good Christmas show can sometimes feel like a sort of mad variety 
show <laughs> where all these different kind of people keep popping up and that partly that yeah to kind of keep our attention and to kind of make it well I love the fact I mean it's along. wonderful that yeah that I'm working with Liv as well because she just gets the performance side of the song mm. and you saying variety is exactly right for this you know that we get guest appearances by yes. characters who then pop up again and it's and they have their little moment to shine and so far when I've been describing the role of the songs, Liv has just got it spot on. I mean, now's the time to mention her own work on YouTube. Go and see Liv's videos because she, she says she's not a technical genius. She is. She is. She absolutely is. But what we've done in this is, is kind of go, yeah, it's not set in the jazz world of the 20s mm. or 40s, but we are putting it in. But we're allowed, and referencing, yeah. you know, black and white musicals, um, films and all types of stuff you'll get in there. And it all somehow fits in. <laughs> and it also that kind of focus on pace. The fact that it's kind of it's got to keep moving partly we've got that huge breadth of audience from kind of five up to right up to grandparents mm. but also it's it's entertaining like I feel like that's what we all need we all need to go to the theatre and kind of be whisked away on a sort of mad fantasy thing but that does mean that it's it's kind of on you guys to keep that bouncing along rapidly yeah I think I think the questiness of the mm. story and the episodic thing is so interesting um it's it's really interesting. I the, the last show I did for creation was I wrote the book and score for the production of Bleak House that was on at Blackwells, and I last uh, I always say last year, but it was two years ago yeah, now. The last year that happened. The last year that <laughs> happened, and I had the same lesson that Lizzie learned of going. Oh, this wasn't actually originally a big long novel. It was lots yeah. of episodes, and um, it doesn't mean it can't become a piece of theatre. It just it means that you have to think of it in a different way. But you are driving along on a kind of on a journey and you have to keep energising that. And um, so the music and the story will do that. It, it makes it very exciting when you read it. When I've, I've read the script a few times, obviously, and it's always it feels like it goes quite quickly. You meet so many mm. people, but you're constantly moving forwards. Pinocchio is always moving forwards and therefore you are. And so we're all kind of chugging along on this quite exciting adventure that gets faster and then slower and turns and bends um and so yeah we're we are energizing that but it's uh so are the audience going to be they're going to be you know with us on this journey it's going to be a very exciting ride oh they won't get left out and um, i know <laughs> how demanding creation audiences are from knowing them over years and years mm -hmm. and I had that very much in mind as I was writing this and just thought I've got to give them the experience of a lifetime and it's um it, it's nice Liv will know this as well but writing with your audience in mind is absolutely crucial and knowing that they cannot be bored if they're an adult they cannot be bored if they're a child they cannot be bored at any single moment you have to be serving them and catching the story will catch them up and there are many opportunities in this um, production for the audience to be involved. And that's not in necessarily a panto way, but the, the yeah. way that the North Wall is going to be used for this might seem familiar to some creation audiences, but we are certainly going to be bringing it out in and amongst them and constantly involving them, talking to them, using them and, and kind of bouncing off them. And they have to be 
the kind of additional cast member mm-hmm. um even and that's not to scare anybody you, know, you can yeah. sit in the seat and no yeah, one's going to have to play part there's no yeah. participation but it's very much an, an involvement thing it's not oh you're watching something a million miles away that has no relevance to you that's um, why the north wall is such a great venue and we just love doing christmas there because it's so adaptable you can kind of you can change it you can put extra aisles in you can we've had podiums we've had ladders in the middle of the audience because yeah. you can kind of go what does this story need and like this year we're just going to have a lot of space partly because we we don't want to feel that we're all jammed in and it's packed so it's a kind of it's a lower capacity but also that's going to give the actors room to go make an exit over there or come in that way or go and like stand in a space that sort of wouldn't previously have been there because there'd have been a seat in it so I think this is going to be an interesting one because it's going to feel it's not a very big room um, and I think it will feel kind of nice and and cosy and full but I think it's also going to feel interestingly spacious and that we have got we'll pick up opportunities I think in the rehearsal period to go oh actually you if you climb that ladder onto the second floor now then you can get over there in this time and poor old actors (laughs) going to be running around well, yes. it's got a play that revolves around an anarchic puppet. Yeah, that is, we're very much on Pinocchio's journey, and although we love him, he is a naughty thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to have him running around the audience and also being yeah. on the audience's side, and you know, and then and taking sides against other characters with us is going to be amazing. You've also got the North Wall, like you say, it's cozy and adaptable, but it reminds me of, of the old-fashioned. Um, puppet theatres and the marionette yes. boxes and all of that which is our design is going to be we've got a fantastic team the creation team is always fantastic this team in particular um, the design for it is going to be so sumptuous all the things we've missed from the theatre over these last couple of years will be cramming into it as much as possible um, and what is your what are both of your kind of next jobs on your Pinocchio to-do list what have you got coming up because we're not yeah we're not far off getting into a rehearsal room which is crazy ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah so what have you got on your lists we're both got we're both waiting for the other one to say <laughs> Liv I cut you off before go for it oh I don't know why I was probably just agreeing with you. Um, my mm. next gel- job is going to be, I've now got most of the music written mm-hmm. and I'm going to be, uh, mm. I've started already to have some conversations collaborating with the magnificent Matt Eaton, our sound designer, who will be uh, taking the files from me and making them, incorporating them into uh, the design. So I'm doing some technical stuff with music. It's really exciting because in the past I've written music for instruments that I've then handed to musicians Mm. and gone make that happen Um, (laughs) and then I've toddled off and smiled and sat in the audience and this time I'm creating the music because we're going to have a lot of well I don't want to give anything away some of the music will be you know backing scored but the um the actors will also be doing a lot with their voices and with some objects as well so I am now thinking about how to get the music onto the stage that's my current job Mm, my next one is it's a, is a, another draft. I need to make some cuts because I it, the wonderful thing about this story is it does go on forever as an odyssey. You don't want it to stop. Of course, people have to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't have the longest show in the world. So it's making that work within the time so that we don't get into rehearsals and go, this is going to be long, we have to make cuts, and, and it's too late to do it. And you suddenly, you know, you start altering the structure of the place it doesn't work um it has to be funny 
We've got a funny <laughs> script at the moment, and I ain't cutting any jokes. <laughs> very funny. Very it's funny. so hard. But also, it has to be, we've got to feel something. We can't, can't lose its heart, especially yeah. after the time we've had. This is our Christmas show. We've all been separated by COVID. I'll never forget, you know, last Christmas was derailed for everybody and the whole point when I first spoke to John and Lucy about which play we were going to do and I pitched Pinocchio Pinocchio has a very odd family he's created and by a man called Geppetto and then they spend most of the play apart and it was that one of the things that I'll never forget during the Covid thing is is really how many we felt we were missing each other's lives mm. and it meant so much to to the older people that they were missing the years of development in the grandchildren and and also when you do get that bit older years go by very quickly and to suddenly lose almost two of them like that mm. not not be recognized by anyone not be witnessed that I think has hurt that it's touched everybody and this isn't oh it's the COVID play it's no it's not but it's a way of saying you know we must celebrate whatever type of family we have that reunion in the theatre with each other safely um but go that mattered excuse me that mattered was not nice here's a story about someone who also goes through that and you know and and is the trials and tribulations of the human condition whatever you say Pinocchio is about but it's a celebration of kind of getting through that and and acknowledging what it does to you as well that I think we'll all be able to share in a really in a good way in a positive way so that's my job Charles. oh well just that you know not not a lot to do (laughs) take a couple of hours be fine (laughs) oh thank you both so much i just want to watch it now i'm like can we just fast forward a month or so and then well hopefully we'll have some interesting things once we've got this cast as well i'll be forcing the actors to do some appearances hopefully you'll be listening to them finding their characters and kind of reaching out to us as, as an audience in character before we even see the show so watch this space i think yes. okay mm-hmm. lovely well i'll um i'll let you guys both get on with all that exciting stuff but thank you so much for finding the time thank you for listening to the creation theater podcast you can find more episodes and all the latest creation news at creationtheatre.co.uk mm-hmm.